Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Okay, drag factor. What do you need to know? Well, ultimately, you need to know where to set it. And sadly, that's part three of this uh, little chat. You can zip to the end if you want, but I'm going to try and get through the first two parts of this as quickly as possible. Okay, so the first thing you need to know, need to know is what drag factor is. Now, the best way to understand that is by explaining how everything works at the front end of a concept too. So basically, there's a fan that turns around, and you, every time you pull a stroke, that fan turns, and it's fighting against air resistance, right? So if you have the lever all the way up at the top, more air gets into the front of the drum, so you're fighting against more air and it feels heavier. Down at the bottom, less air gets in, it feels lighter. Okay, so that's how it works. It's not like a spin bike. A spin bike, you've got a dial in the middle that just presses on the, the wheel and makes it harder to turn. Um, here, it's not. It's actually fighting uh, against air resistance. Now, the important part is that the PM5, or 3, 4, whatever, it knows what's going on at the front, okay? It measures the deceleration of the fan and it knows how much air is going in. And what that does is it gives you a drag factor, right? So up at the top, it gives you a maximum drag factor. Down at the bottom, it gives you a minimum drag factor, right? Now, I'm not giving you numbers here for a specific reason. That because it's about air resistance, how much air gets into the drum, the dirtier, <laughs> the dirtier your machine is, the less air gets into it, so therefore, um, one machine will be different to another. So a freshly clean machine will let in lots of air. A really old, manky thing that's been sitting in a CrossFit gym for, for ages uh, is likely to not let as much air into the top. So setting one to 10 and then another one to 10, you're gonna get different drag factors. However, by going onto your monitor and doing more options display drag factor, you can then see what it is, okay? So that's what drag factor is. It's basically just calculating uh, where you're setting the lever and how heavy um, your machine that you're sitting on is for where that lever is, right? Why do you have it? Well, there's two things for there. So when you have, again in part three, when you know what drag factor you want to row at, um, you can use uh, the monitor to uh, display your drag factor, right? So I'm doubling back on myself, don't worry. But if I have my clean machine and I, I know I want to row at a drag factor of 145, I move the lever around, display drag factor, it says 145, great, so I'm rowing that day. I then go on to another gym somewhere and I use their machine. Now, although I might set my machine to six for 145, I'm gonna to go to another gym, that might be a filthy machine, um, and therefore, in order to try and let enough air in to give me the, the drag factor of 145, I might have to put the lever all the way up to nine, but I can still do display drag factor, which I would all see it's up at 145. So then what's gonna happen is that my machine here at 145, that I'd set a lever six, is gonna feel identical in terms of weight, like how hard it feels to take a stroke, as the machine in the gym that's filthy that I have to set to nine, okay? Because it says 145. So that evens up machines. So it means that anywhere I go in the world, I can sit on a concept two and make it feel exactly the same weight of the stroke. There's gonna be different things, like what if the, cha the chain's dirty or rusted, or if the rail's all bumpy and things, that'll feel different. But the weight of the front of the machine is gonna feel the same, okay? So that's part one of, of um, why you have drag factor for this. Part two really is that 
the drag factor and the monitor come together in a way that every machine is equal. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you have a, uh, a minimum drag factor, let's say a drag factor of 90, and you have a maximum drag factor of 220, okay? So that's two different machines side by side, right? Think of it this way. The one that has it down at the bottom, right, a minimum drag factor, is somebody doing a race up 100 steps, right? So they're racing up 100 steps, and they're taking it one step at a time, 100 steps all the way to the top. The person next to them, with their lever all the way up to the top, and a maximum drag factor on that machine of 220, they are taking these steps up at four at a time, okay? The two of them start a race, and they go up exactly the same 100 steps, okay? But one of them's taking the four steps at a time, the other one's taking it one step at a time. Now, think about it. Is this an even race? Yes, it's an even race, because the two of them still have to cover the exact same distance. It's just the approach on how they do it. One of them has to take lots and lots of little small efforts to get to the top. The other one is taking, um, if it's, well, it's a, a, um, a quarter less, whatever the math says for that. But basically, because they're taking four steps at a time, then it's a much larger effort, but they're having to take much, much less um, steps to get to the top. So it's the same with drag factor, okay? So down at the bottom, up at the top. If you're doing a 2K race together, you are both both covering 2,000 meters. Um, and if you were to both do it in eight minutes, okay, so both of you set off one at the bottom, one at the top, and you both do the entire distance in eight minutes, then you've both expended exactly the same amount of power to cover that 2,000 meters in eight minutes. It's just that one of you is, is um, likely to be taking a lot more strokes than the other one in order to cover that 2,000 meters. Now, that's sometimes not the case because uh, they're a real hard drive down at minimum drag factor. Um, can equal the amount of power for the person next to you that's um, got it up at max if they're just putting a light press through what's going on. So you can't, it's, it's not as simple as I'm saying, but the, ste the steps race analogy is exactly the way to think about it, okay? So it's, um, it, it means that machines are even in terms of the amount of energy that you need to put into them in order to cover a distance um, in a specific amount or a certain amount of time, okay? So what that means then is that I could be sitting uh, here in my studio and I can do a 2K race and then there could be someone in, um, let's say, New York on their machine in a studio and they do a 2K race and we can both link up through software, something like RoPro, and we can race each other. And even though we're on completely different machines and they're likely to have completely different drag factors as such, the race will be... Um, a fair one between the two of us because the, the drag factor and the gubbins in the monitor work everything out so that it's even. And now if this, if this go back to the spin bike analogy, if one of us had it turned so that it was, uh, there was no resistance at all and the other one had it up to max, because there's no gubbins going on to try and work out what's going on there, that would then be unfair. But drag factor wise, this is the point of the Concept2. This is why everyone races on Concept2 because no matter where you set the lever, no matter where you set your drag factor, it is an even race because you're both covering the same 100 steps. It's just how you approach it, okay? So that's why you have drag factor. That's what's going on, right? So there's everything explained about it. Where should you set yours? Right, that's the ultimate question. Where should you set your, your, your drag factor? Now, most people will say 130, right? 
flat out. It's like start at 130. I think Australian rowing, they do 130. Other people say 130. And apparently it feels um, the closest to if you're actually on an Olympic um, skull, whatever, uh, rowing. So that's what most people will start at. And to be honest, it probably is the, the best place to be, um, certainly from a, a starting point of view. So if you're stuck and you don't know what to do and it's the first time and you're thinking, where do I set it? Just do press the menu, then more options, display drag factor, row a couple of strokes, and then adjust the lever until, until it says 130. And then you're probably gonna be okay. Now, whether you're light, if you're a lightweight rower, you might wanna go slightly lower than 130. Some people say that women should go slightly lower than 130. Um, it might even be that if you are doing sprints, like a 100 meter sprint or a one minute sprint, that um, because you're, then your strokes per minute tends to be so high, say like 45 to 50 or even higher, the flywheel doesn't get that much of a chance to de-accelerate, right? Because what happens is if you're up at 10 and the flywheel slows right down, it's a huge effort to get it to speed back up again. And then it slows right down. And a huge effort to get it. It's like rowing a barge, basically. But if you're constantly go whoosh, whoosh, really, really fast, you, you the stroke, it starts to slow down, but then you go again, and then it starts to slow down. And it goes, so um, you can actually keep on top of it and so although your initial stroke at that high drag factor will be heavy, if you're going 45, 50 times a minute up and down the rail, um, it actually, you can overcome the drag factor that way. Um, so the important part being that this is only for sprints, for like a one minute or a hundred meter sprint. The caveat being that if you don't have the strength and the power and the technique, hanging technique bore, I can't make a video without talking about that, then the chances of injuring yourself with a really high drag factor through a sprint like that are really high. So you have to be very, very careful. You don't just whack it up to 10 and go for it thinking this is uh, the way to go. If you're used to having a, a mid-range drag factor, don't automatically uh, whack it to the top just for a sprint. I mean, I tend to row 145, and if I'm doing a sprint, I'll maybe stick up to 165, but I'll make sure and kind of test the water you know, on the machine um, before I do that because I don't want to injure myself. So that's kind of the ballpark. But what you might find is that if you set it to 130, it might not quite feel right. Um, it might feel a bit too heavy, in which case you might want to lower it by like 15 or something. Or it might feel that you're kind of spinning out, and then in which case you might want to raise it up. Like I say, I'm at 145, and I feel that's the perfect balance for me in terms of if I do a row, then my muscles are completely gone. Say a 2K race I'm talking about here. If I do a 2K race, by the end of it, my, my arms are like jelly, and my cardio system is just done. I'm like, I'm like a salmon flipping on the ground. I've got, I've got nothing in me. I'm gasping for air because I'm completely spent. And then if I go too low for a drag factor, what tends to happen is that my cardio system goes, but um, my muscles aren't spent because I'm not quite getting the, the weight of the machine. If I go too high, what happens is that my uh, muscles by the end of a 2K are completely spent because it's such a heavy feeling. But actually my cardio's probably still got a bit, a bit in it because I've not really tapped myself out totally. So what I find is 145 is the, the spot for me. Now, what you can do, there's a good test. I mean, the Dark Horse have got a really good video about um, how to test what your perfect drag factor would be. And essentially what it is, is over a, a period of a, either a row or even coming back to this day after day, you change where you set your drag factor and you do a, a short test and then you look at the results of that short test. So say you set it all the way up to 10, right, on your machine, um, and then you look at what the drag factor is on the clean machine, could be around about 220. You then row uh, one minute 
um, at 24 strokes a minute, right? Okay, but keep bang on a stroke rate at absolute full power. Okay, so you just go for it, for, but you have to keep the stroke rate. Okay, that's the important part. And you just really, everything goes into it. And then the next day or five minutes later, you drop it down to eight and then you go for it again and you see what happens. And then you go down to six, then four, then uh, two, and then, and then you're done. And then compare all of the results, right? And then one of them is gonna probably be a little bit further for your total distance than the rest of them. And that is the, for your technique at that point and how you row, that is the drag factor that works the best for you, okay? Now, what I'd caution against on this is that if, if the results for that are really high, say it's like a, um, you set it to eight, you look at the drag factor and it's 190, okay? And then you, you do everything and that's the one that, uh, that seems to suggest it's the best drag factor for you. Think about your technique at that point. I'd, if you're at 190 and that's your further assistance, um, I would take a, a hopefully an accurate guess that what you're doing is as you're, you're taking your stroke, you're bending your arms and fighting against the front of the machine. You're also leaning your back way too soon, kind of before your, your leg drive happens. You're taking it all on your back and you're yanking back. And you're using this massive upper body power with a little bit of, of legs on top of it. But um, it's artificially making you go fast with a stroke that's just going to end up getting you injured. I mean, there's no, there's, if you're grabbing and fighting against the machine on every single st stroke, if you then start doing 10Ks and marathons doing that, you are going to get injured, okay? Oh, yes, I know there's going to be people that will manage that fine, but trust me, this, you're, you're, you're going to get golfer's elbow, you're going to get lower back problems, this stuff's going to go wrong. So if you're at a really high drag factor um, and you're doing this test, then I'd think about technique. Um, if it's a, a low drag factor that gets you the farthest, then it's a tough one. It could, could be um, that uh, your power, when you're at the top, you're not quite actually driving off. So say if you're, when I say top, I don't mean like 10, but I mean like run about halfway. You're maybe not actually given the full drive through um, and you're, you're used to just kind of using your cardio instead, but that's fine. I mean, listen, lower, if you, if you can hit a, a 2K and nice and fast and you're down at a low drag factor, go for it, fill your boots. Because you're not really going to injure yourself apart from maybe if you start going at really high stroke, stroke rates um, just because of whipping up and down the rail. But it's the high one is the one that has the, the potential for um, causing you injury. So uh, you could be absolutely fine. You could have perfect technique. You could be going fast, in which case just I'll shut up, okay? But just... If you, if you can only manage to go fast when a, from a high drag factor, then kind of film yourself from the side, have a look, and just take a look and see if you're grabbing with your arms first or if you're launching your back before you get your leg drive solidly in. Remember, you're meant to be driving in that forward lean and then you come into the back. So if you do your, your drive and you're like that before your legs even go, then what happens is everything's in the lower back. And, and yes, artificially strong, but you'll be injured. Okay, so... What it comes down to then is it's a personal choice based on suggestions from other people and what your technique's like. So there is no definitive answer. There's a starting point, which is 130, and then you go plus or minus. There's the, the dark horse um, test for it, or what I suggested about um, setting it and just doing a, a, a test. Um, and then there's the suggestions of like Australian rowing, etc. So there isn't a right or wrong place to set it, but there's also absolutely 
no argument at all about it being unfair between machines. So if you go to a sports club and they say, oh man, you've, you've got to set it all the way up to 10. It has to be all the way up to 10, otherwise you're cheating, you're cheating. Or you can't have that. It must be always up to 10. You can just tell them to shut up. Okay? You just say to them, the Scottish man on the YouTube video says, shut up. Um, it doesn't matter. Two machines side by side, the levers can be anywhere. Remember, it doesn't matter. And the best way to explain it is just the dirt value. That one, if you have both up at lever 10 and one of them is manky and the other one's clean, they're going to feel completely different. And you can, if you want to actually demonstrate that to them, you could put them both up to 10 and throw a t-shirt over the, the fan cage at the front. And they'll suddenly the one that's up at 10 will feel really light because there's less air going into it. Okay, so don't ever let anyone tell you uh, that you have to set it to 10 because it's cheating if you don't, all right? At the same time, don't let someone just come along and tell you to set it to six because that's completely two different machines. Six will be totally different. Like I say, mine, I set it to six. It's around about 145. The gym I go to, if I set it to six, it's like 100 because it's filthy. So I have to set it all the way to the top, okay? Right, so this is a massive rant. I mean, this is the rant upon rants about drag factor. And if you've made it through this, then I'll be well, pleasantly surprised. Um, so what, <laughs> what I will hopefully have done anyway is put most of this in the kind of description notes before anyway, so you won't have had to listen to this entire rant, unless you just, maybe you wanted something to go to sleep to. Maybe you thought, I could do with the, the dulcet tones of a boring Scotsman to lull me off to sleep. What can I do? Oh, look, there's John talking about drag factor. And there we go, and that, that's it. My little voice has sent you off to sleep, so I'll try and just diaper off and sleep well. Don't let the bed bugs bite. <laughs> right? So that's what to do. The, the last quick thing to say about it is, apart from what I said about sprints for doing a 100 meter or a one minute sprint, just pick your drag factor and leave it there. You don't need to adjust it each time. If you go for, if you're, the difference between a 2K row and a 10K row, you really don't need to adjust the drag factor. So the one minute and the, and the 100 meters, maybe, and that's a big inverted commas maybe if you know you're going to go faster by doing it but any other time just leave it there okay and then you'll be fine and then it becomes about your technique about driving through the legs and putting the force through rather than it being about fighting the machine okay the machine will let you do what you want to do you do not need to fight it there we go we're all done i hope you enjoyed it it's like i say it was a big long speech and strangely i still can't stop speaking. <laughs> so let's call it hashtag 100 steps. There we go, 100 steps. That's the, the analogy I used. So hashtag 100 steps if you, if you got that far through my story in order to get it, all right? Thank you so much for watching this video. I really hope you had better things to do. Hope maybe you had music playing in the background or something while I was ranting away, okay? Have a nice day, be well, bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.